And we're back. And Bill's hey, dream. Please. Yep, Bill's dream is here. He gets to talk bad about BMW. I'm going to not be completely mad because I kind of agree with him, but I don't. And go ahead and tell us all the bad things about BMW, Bill. Well, okay, so last episode, I made a comment about how I think that it there seems to be an inverse relationship that the uglier BMWs get, the better looking Ferraris are getting. Uh-huh. Now, there are people out there who will say that Ferraris have always been great looking. I would disagree. Most of them. There are a lot of Ferrari models that I really don't care for. Like, if they drove by me on the street, I'm going to check them out and I'm going to listen because they all sound really good. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as like, like, uh, internal desire to want to get behind the wheel and drive. No, I don't have it. Don't care. Couldn't care. But currently Ferrari is making some beautiful cars and BMW is a brand that for years, us being the age we are, you know, forties that we remember and were of driving age and impressionable, when BMW was in their prime. Yep. But I would say now BMW is a dying brand. I I think now this is not talking about their European sales numbers, but I think as far as the U S market goes, I think their days are numbered. I will formally disagree with you, sir. I'm a champion my old. So BMW, for the longest time, was my favorite uh, uh, car company. I think I heard a rumor back in the day. I said, I don't know it's true. It's like they were the most efficient automotive brand. They made the most money off of off the cars that they actually built. And I, I thought it was always intriguing. Uh, one of my, the first car, one of the first cars that I had a car pick that I bought was a 318i. I always kind of like BMWs, it was like the gold car, the obtainable car that was a goal. Right. Um, well, and that was a great looking car. But uh, you know, I had, I I watched Doug's video, and uh, we we spoke about Doug's video, and he made some good points on there. You made some good points previously and after that video, and I agree with y'all, both of y'all, about halfway. But I. I do not believe that they're, they're uh, what's the word, uh, their days are numbered. I think they're doing something similar to something that BMW has been doing a while, that has been controversial for a while. So, you remember when Beagle came out, uh, when BMW had, it came out with a 7 Series with the crazy looking butt? butt bangle, yeah. The bangle butt? Yep. And everybody went crazy, this was the worst thing, the worst thing right? Yeah. They still sold them. They sold them, but they had a, a pretty sharp decline in numbers. Yeah. And look how fast those cars depreciated compared to like a seven series of the generation right before. Yeah. And, you, and, you could buy uh, a one year old. There was a period of time in the early 2000s where you could buy a one to three year old bangleized three, seven series. Ten to fifteen thousand dollars cheaper than you could buy a five to eight year old seven series that wasn't bangalized. 
Yeah, and I and I, I'm not gonna dispute those numbers, and I think the reason for that numbers is they built a that that the bib that seven series and the five series and the three series for that matter, all of that that generational cars right before it, all of those cars were classics, and the one right before that weren't yep. classics, and well heck, you know just BMW being BMW, and they took a risk and they went out there and they got a a designer to do something different and not everybody liked it. I didn't really like it that much. Very but, few people liked it. Yeah. So, so you think that's what they're doing now? You think they're, I I think they're trying, I think BMW is a company trying to reinvent itself and are taking some missteps. And I agree with you. So I agree with you that they're taking some missteps, but um, I would rather them swing than just ride on the fine. Okay. So let me ask a, a question. A trivia question. Do you know currently on the BMW website how many models you can choose from to build in price? Um, 37. <laughs> I'm not even, I'm joking, but I'm not joking. It's like 37. <laughs> You're really close. It is 33. See, see, the joke. See, I don't understand. Now, that, so this now is. Now, tell me how that's a sound financial decision from a production standpoint. It is not a sound financial decision from a production standpoint. And this is where the part of, I think, where they in transition, right? So they know SUVs are all the rage and everything. And then when they built the, what was it, 95, 96, when, that, when the X5 came out, yeah. uh, uh, when that you know that did similar things to like what Porsche did with the with with uh, with their SUV, kind of saving that company a little bit and giving them some um, giving them some money to play with. This is where I think BMW really start start started making some missteps at company wise. When they acquired the Rover Group and yeah. Mini, and and. Uh, it's like it was overextending themselves. I understand that back then, you know, everybody seemed like all these companies had money to burn, but I don't think that was a good investment. And, and so I think they're having to do things now to, to kind of get back on track. But what I think they're all, I think what they decided to do initially, which was target this niche group of things with these swoopy SUV thingies. I think that was a misstep. It was, it, it may have worked temporarily, but it was never going to be the thing that was a lasting thing. Their money, their bread and butter, the thing that they should have focused back on was making good, solid sports sedans that could be used as everyday cars. And, yeah. and still can stay with a good, solid SUV that can be sporty and be a still legitimate crossover utility vehicle. Was it going to be Land Rover, Range Rover, off-road capable? No, but that's not what you went to the BMW dealership to go get. If you know people, right. people who wanted a BMW, they had a little bit of money, and if they wanted a four a four-wheel drive off-road vehicle, they went to the Land Rover dealer. They didn't go to the BMW dealer. <laughs> you know, but um. I agree. I, th I think there was a there's a turning point somewhere in the 2000s, you know, where BMW made a conscious decision to say, we don't care as much about the sports side, the perceived exclusivity of our brand. Yep. 
they they try to grow in a, and I think part of it, and I agree with you. I think part of it is way because they looked up, you know, they looked across the street, and they saw how big Volkswagen was getting. Yep. And you, to be honest, Volkswagen was on a mission to become the second largest car company on the planet. I think they was trying to be the first, but I don't think they ever really was going to be the first. I don't think they logistically could have really got there. They, they are the largest automotive group in the world. I, what, I thought, what's the name was still bigger? Oh, gosh. Uh, they may not be anymore, but there was a period of time where Volkswagen AG was the largest. Yeah, I thought I thought they never passed GM. But anyway, we, we can look that up. But anyway, they you know they wanted they wanted to be the biggest. I don't to be honest. I don't. Th- I think that was a misstep for them too. Because you get as if you're going to try to be the biggest, you're going to lose your way. As General Motors, just yeah, look at them because they have really <laughs> fallen. So currently ranked is Toyota. Uh huh. Volkswagen Group is number two. Two. Hyundai is number three. Which absolutely makes sense and is going to be going to fall right in line with this BMW thing. Go ahead. And number four is General Motors. Yeah. General Motors. So I know people have heard me say it before. There is no way, no way that General Motors shouldn't be in the top three. They have the engineers. They have the resources. They have the, the clientele. But all they had to do is actually build good products and stops instead of trying to make the maximum amount of profit off of everything just build a good car yeah toyota toyota been proving it ever since 1970 something <laughs> you know well yeah you're right okay so talking about these rankings i think i mean I, i'm not i don't have the the mercedes-benz website pulled up but I'm pretty sure they have less than 33 models to choose from. Um, you know what? I, I wouldn't be surprised if they were really close because they went down the street of doing these swoopy SUV thingies too, and, which I don't, I, I don't understand. I, it's like I, I, it, it, it didn't make sense. That that didn't make sense. I I don't understand how that made sense money wise. We're gonna. We're going to re-engineer this SUV that actually makes money to build another uh, SUV that sits right beside it that's going to cost more. And so that means it's going to make less money per vehicle. It, it, it didn't make, it didn't make yeah. sense to me. Okay, so they do have less, but not by much. So they have 29 vehicles on their website. <laughs> 29. Or 29 different model designations. But, but my point was going to be, they I mean they're number thirteen on the list. BMW is fourteen. Hmm. Yeah, there's it, there's basically fifty thousand units between the two of them. Wow. And to be honest, I think they should be fifty thousand. They should go down, drop down another fifty thousand units, and be what BMW and Mercedes need to be. They need, you know, they're not they're not uh, uh, Range Rover, not Range Rover. Uh, Rolls Royce and Bentley and all these right, other things. Right. They were obtainable luxury cars. Okay. So just so happened to be fast and most, a lot of them handled well too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. So I think we were, I, we, I was blurring two categories together in my head. So uh-huh. those numbers, that ranking was based on like number of u- units sold. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but if we, if we look at the rankings by, revenue 
Volkswagen AG is the largest. Okay. At, at $290.2 billion. Mm-hmm. Toyota is number two. Uh, Stellantis or, you know, the Fiat Chrysler group. Yeah. Um, out of the Netherlands. You said it company. the right way. We, we, I thought we had an unwritten rule that we weren't going to say it the right way. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's the medication talking. Uh, it makes me do dumb stuff, like pronounce words correctly. <laughs> yeah, it is. Man, yeah, I'm looking at the numbers now. Said, Wait a minute. Whoa. Whoa. Well, I, think, <laughs> I think it's interesting that General Motors moves more vehicles than Ford. They're one place higher. They're fourth and Ford is fifth. But when you look at revenue, Ford is fourth and General Motors is sixth. Hmm. Honda makes more money than General Motors does, yet General Motors is moving more vehicles. So that tells you, you know, how much profit is in each of those vehicles. Yeah. And th- I... There's a reason why you go into a, a, a GM, a, a Chevy dealership, or a GMC dealership, or a Buick dealership, or or a Ford dealership for that man for that for this for this purpose. And there's always a rebate. It, yeah. So there's a thing that uh, so if you guys are uh, uh, if some of you listen to uh, understand. Uh, manufacturing and logistics processes and things like that. It's one of the things that I do for a living. And leaning out of process, you know, Toyota has a mechanism, and I know this exists, has a mechanism that if their car sales slow down, they can scale back their production. All they just do is some numbers and pay attention to what's going on in the market, and they scale back yep. their numbers. So they don't have an, excess, an excessive amount of vehicles just sitting on the lot so they're gonna you know, just wasting time, but what Jim would do, no, we just have to keep building them the same speed, the same. And then you got now you have an overabundance of vehicles on the lot, and you got to sell them. So they're gonna they're gonna be taking cash off the top. Right. And you, it 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 doesn't make sense to me. And I think one of the things that back to BMW, what we're supposed to be talking about is, I think BMW wanted to get wanted to be bigger. And the BMW being a bigger car company kind of takes away from what BMW is. They they don't need to build niche cars because they are a niche car. The, the, all of them are. Yeah. You know, the, make them. Yeah. BMW 3 Series was the attainable one. And to be honest, it was the only one that I ever thought I would ever be able to dag on afford because all the other ones cost, you know, way too much money but i was okay it was okay for that i I was okay with that because i could be i could look at it it's like oh man one day i'll get there but now they're everywhere yeah and because they're everywhere and they're very generic looking and their their goal is to be everywhere it it destroys brand loyalty you know it people people like you who are bmw fans or were bmw fans and you know, was in had the mindset of that's the car I'm going to buy, and that's the car I'm always going to buy. And 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 had you financially been in a position to buy a brand new BMW in let's say 1998, mm-hmm. there's a good chance that when you got ready to buy another new car in let's say 04, you yep. probably would have bought a BMW. Yeah. But if that sales cycle repeat again in 08 to 0, you know 2010. I'm thinking by that time you're very hesitant about buying from them again. 
and if you did, you definitely wouldn't buy a fourth vehicle. Yeah, I, 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 would, I would agree with you a bit. I, I, you know what? You remember when, when we went down to the BMW dealership in uh, Greensboro? Goldsboro? Greensboro, right. Greensboro, yeah. You remember that that salesman and what he what he did with us that day? I mean, this dude absolutely knew, was it four or five of us? Yeah, yeah, there was a few of us. There's four or five of us, jarheads, walking to this BMW dealership, looking at cars he knew absolutely we couldn't afford. And that dude spent a good hour showing us all about that car and things in BMW that I didn't know. And it's like, yeah, that's the that's the stuff. Focus on that. Focus, you know, because that builds brand loyalty. Yeah, I mean, we made a joke earlier earlier in the podcast, and um, we probably make it probably every other podcast. You know, like the little teenage girl whose parents has decent amount of money, all of them want a white BMW convertible. Yeah. Because, you know, all of them want a white BMW convertible. However, back when we were growing up, they got Volkswagen rabbits because they could afford, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Yeah. Because, hey, um, we got money, but I'm not throwing away all that money on, for my daughter to go wreck that car. She can go wreck this Volkswagen rabbit, though. You know right, what I mean? Right. You know, it's just... I think it, I think the brand uh, I think the company itself has become too common. I think uh, uh, something somebody asked me recently about is what is a premium uh, what is a premium brand and how does that differ from a luxury brand, which I think is a podcast that we should discuss. Yeah, that's an interesting idea. Um, I think they started leaning, even though they are a premium a premium brand, a luxury brand. They started getting off into this uh, premium area, and I think that kind of got them out of what BMWs are. Uh, to be honest, I agree. I, I understand that you know every all these car com- all these companies they they're here to make money. That yeah, their businesses all businesses want to make money, but at some point you stretch yourself to you stretch yourself too thin, and you lose your, your you lose your identity. And hopefully they'll be able to pull it back. Uh, but I think I think BMW doesn't care about that identity they lost. They've I, left it in the past, and they are happy and content with their new identity. And I think that new identity will be the thing that kills BMW because they have they have built themselves to the size they are on the old identity, and mm-hmm. this new identity. They may be just as profitable. That's fine with making thirty vehicles, but I don't think, I don't think they're going to be looked at with the same eye from a current generation of new drivers. And so there's no aspiration to get it. It's just a, oh, there's another white SUV, you know, yeah. or, yeah, mom and dad, I'm thinking about my first car. Can you take me to look at one of those ones? It's got the six foot tall grill, you yeah. know, and and that's, I mean. There's no I, identity in that. It's just that's another generic vehicle on the road. I, I understand what you're saying. I, well, I think I understand what you're saying, and I, in from what I think you said, I, I I agree with you that you know they got too general. They got it's just it's just another car now. It's nothing special about it. It's just another car. Just another and, car. Um, and that kind of goes to the point I was trying to make as well. You probably said it a little better, but, uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> but the, one of the things you just brought up is the, the big grill. And also one thing you, you, you just said was, uh, 
you don't think they care. I think half the of that company cares. Yeah. The half that are retiring in the next 10 years, maybe. I think half of that company cares. I think all of the uh, 75% of their share uh, of their shareholders only care about money. The money. Right. Part. right, right, right. And if they whatever the shareholders say, what you know, the, the, those are the real bosses, and they're going to try to do things to become more profitable. And if they if they think that you know, going the GM route and overextending yourself is going to be more profitable, then then that's what that company's going to kind of be forced to do, and they are going to fail. They're gonna it's going to get to the point where they're going to break, and then they're going to have to reinvent themselves by looking completely backwards. Yeah. Well, um, it, I mean. Last year, they were down almost 15%. Mm-hmm. The, if you look at the entire history of the company, their largest down year ever was like a 6.5-7% down year in, in like 03, 04. Last year, they're down 15%. That's a huge hit to an automotive company yeah. when you're dealing with the type of inventory that they build up. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it's... Yeah, that that is a huge hit, and I would imagine it. You know, I I'm not in business. Maybe we should bring Neil on, and they can talk smarter about this stuff than me. But <laughs> you know, you you're a sales guy. I know you could talk smarter about this stuff too. But it, I just got my feelings that I'm working with right now. But is I would think it would be more in com- more important to a company that that you be consistently a, a, a thing. Yep, yep. Like, like um, Toyota is kind of a weird one where they're popular and consistent at the same time all the time. But they also, they make like slow, like, what's the word I'm looking for? They don't. One thing they don't do is overextend themselves. Well, and yeah, they, they don't do that. And when they and they, if they did overextend themselves, like Scion, uh, they they correct that. <laughs> <laughs> evolutionary changes is what yeah. I'm thinking of. They yeah. make small evolutionary changes to their brand, to their models, to to their pricing. Yeah. They they don't make a rapid left turn, mm-hmm. even if it's just one or two models in the lineup. They don't. They don't ever make just a rapid left turn, and then yeah. just assume that their their customer base will stay regardless of the left turn. Yeah. I think that I agree with you. I mean, the a Toyota. This generation of Toyota Camry looks different from the uh, old, the last generation of Toyota Camry and Avalon and all these other things. Well, sure it does. But you know, they work the exact same way. <laughs> yeah. They you know, feel you, the same. They, they, they yeah. They function the same. I think it's the Camry is the last uh, mid-size uh, sedan that you can get with a V6. It's the last one. Well, okay. I, so my original point, before we're completely out of time here. Oh, we did that already, bro. That's why we break these things up now. <laughs> Go ahead. I think, and again, I've never cared two licks about Ferrari. But I don't think there's a I don't think there's a single car in their lineup currently that's a miss. 
their cars are currently stunningly gorgeous. I agree and disagree with you. Which one don't you like? All right, I'm getting I'm, uh, so as much as I am a, as much as I'm a car guy and I love my cars and stuff, things that I really I am not is an exotic car dude. I appreciate them. They sound if you are a car person and you don't if you don't have something doesn't happen to you in your fields when you hear a Ferrari start up, there is something wrong with you. Yep. You, it, it, all right. So the I think the misstep that Ferrari is kind of making it what I I don't know. It's not a misstep. No, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna say this the other way. Every car that they build currently is beautiful. I, I agree, especially that new one. What's the new cheap? The Roma. Yeah, that that is beautiful. It's the best looking Ferrari I've seen, and I don't even know how long. It's gorgeous. It, I, it, I want it, and I've never won a Ferrari. I so Ferrari BMW. If you're listening, BMW is like, if you're listening, this is what you should do. You should look at what Ferrari is doing and duplicate it. Not build exotic cars. But you know what every Ferrari is, even even the daggone cheap one, special, special and desirable and yes. different. Yeah, all of them. They they all of them. You can identify as a Ferrari, but they don't look. All of them don't look the same. No. Every every they just they're special. All of them. Back in the the BM the three series and the five series do not have to look alike. They do nope. not have to look exactly like, and nope. they shouldn't look like they exactly like the seven series. Yep. And when you sit in all of them, you shouldn't get confused which one you're in. Boy, yeah, pre- preach on. You're going. Keep going. <laughs> you Keep know going. what I mean? Stop. That, that is GM stuff. Stop doing General Motors things. Do Ferrari things. Well, I've said for years now, I mean, at least 15 years, that BMW is the General Motors of Europe. They are building the 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 cheapest commodity they can get by with to turn a profit. Yeah. That, that's it it's the it's the Walmart syndrome, right? It's the it's the this will suffice. We could do better, but we don't have to because you're gonna keep showing up and buying it. But yeah. a fifteen percent drop in one year is proof that whether it's the current look of the cars or the trend in electric cars and BMW was like an early adapter and then forgot about it somehow. Yeah. But General it, Motors. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's so again, it's we could be doing, but we are happy getting by with doing. And if you run a company with as much name recognition and um, pedigree, because I mean, BMW still has in people's minds, at least if, you know, if they're older than 20 and they hear BMW, they think a certain level. Yep. But if you haven't been in one, you know, you'll keep that expectation. But the moment you go to the dealership and look at them in person or drive one now, unless it's an M car, you, you leave that dealership going, yeah, I'm better off in the Mazda. All right. So I, I'll disagree with you a little bit there. So, and agree with you a lot at the same time. So, my son recently had to go get a new car after, you know, he had his uh, incident with his last car. Yep. 
He is 21 years old. I took him out that car shopping and everything. You know what people in that in in you know he grew up around me. But he's not a car really a car person. My, I have a son that's in Germany right now, and I got another uh, uh, another son. You know what they really don't care about what? BMWs because it's not special to them, right? right? So and but I would just so that generation of people who they just left. The, we just lost that generation of people who actually think that's a special car. They just think it's just another car now. But what I would disagree with you is, and is what BMW didn't do, they didn't forget how to engineer things. Because let me tell you what is faster than it needs to be. Every three series. (laughs) Yeah. If you go get in a three, bro, let me tell you how... A 340 should not be in everybody's head. There should not be some late, some some person who barely know how to drive who's driving a 340. That car is fast, bro. <laughs> that car is old. It, not that far, not that long ago, M3 fast. Right, it is. Right. But at the same time, it don't feel the same. So... <laughs> And right. you, you, you're not, and she doesn't understand that she needs to respect that. So she probably, so they have to build in a whole bunch of nannies and everything to keep her from killing herself, keep keep her from killing herself. Because you know, to be honest, it shouldn't, it shouldn't be that fast. It's that car shouldn't be in her in that person's hands. Almost, it's like, yeah, if you got the money, you go buy what you want. But at the same time, it's like, get her a three eighteen, and yeah. just you yeah. know, get her a three eighteen and let her be fine, and leave. Make the special one. This one, you know, takes the decontent. Make the make make it special. Make there shouldn't be a car that does zero to sixty under 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 four seconds and then not be special. I that's, I think that's, that's a good point. New rule. All right, I'm a, I'm a new rule. Put it, if put in the rule book. Put it, if put your it car book. if your car does zero to sixty and under four sec four seconds and, and we can't call it special, then you did it wrong. I like it. New rule. Oh, so. Seeing how we've been on here for 14 hours a day. One last question. You already you already said your answer. So if not for the Roma, which would which would be your favorite Ferrari? Currently. Probably. Ooh, it's tough. Probably the 812 super fast. That's me too. That car, I always thought that car was it's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. <laughs> it's such a good shape and size. Um, I mean, I like the F8 Tributo, but... Um, I'm, I'm glad you could say that. <laughs> but, uh, again, it's some medication. Okay. So I can say it right, Edson. And, um, but, but yeah, I mean, I should like the F8 because it's definitely like the mid-engine, faster track focus. Mm-hmm. But I'm 40. A GT car really appeals to me. And Did you just, did you just say you like GT car? Yeah, I like the I like the GT car. I like the H twelve super fast. I think it's I just think it's real special. It looks real good. Yeah. I, I'm definitely gonna play with this configure and not um, build your own. This this is about to be ridiculous. All right, guilty pleasure about Ferrari. You know what was what was my favorite Ferrari before the Roma came out? No, what? It was uh they what what do they change the name to? Is uh GT four Lucy whatever? Okay. What ah, they, oh, they changed the, they changed the name halfway through the production of it. But 
It was the four, it was the uh the uh, the four wheel drive four seat hatchback for one. I just can't remember the, the name. FF. Yeah, the FF, and then they changed it to the Luciano or Lu- something. Hey, if you're listening to this, just send me, not don't send me an email. Call us, or hit us up, and so you can teach me how to say that word the correct way. <laughs> but yeah, for some reason, I love that thing. I thought it was, that was a neat idea that you had an all-weather, all-year-round Ferrari that could hold four people and still be stupid fast. Yeah, and still be stupid fast. That was a good Ferrari. That was that was really the first modern Ferrari that made me like stop and pay attention to Ferrari and actually read, you know, the specs on a vehicle. Yeah. Yeah, that thing, and similar to another car that, oh, BMW, it was a four-wheel drive, 600-horsepower car, you know, and it was special. Yep. You know what another four-wheel drive, 600-plus-horsepower car is that you probably don't really think is special no more? The M5. Yep. It's not special. It's not special no more. It's yeah. just... It's just, it's big and fast. That doesn't make it special. Nope. But anyway. <laughs> big, fast, and bland. Yeah. It, yeah, big, fast, and bland. I would buy a Hellcat, and I have no desire to buy a Hellcat at all, because that sounds like death over <laughs> M5 all day long. Right, yeah. Because it just has personality. But anyway, man, we've been on here for three hours a night. Uh, any any ideas what we're going to talk about next week, or we'll figure it out on the off day? Yeah, we'll figure it out on the off thing. Well, I uh, mean, for let's let's uh, buy each other a car from 1980, since that's my birth year. Yeah, 1980. Let's do it. That was a great year. Uh, what happened in 1980? Uh, yeah, I can Reagan. tell you that cars are not going to be as good as they were in '76. But 1980, uh, 15 grand. <laughs> Whoa, sir! What you want to do more? So, all right, cool. We 15 grand. All right, cool. I'm you you want to do more? Nope. 15 grand. I'm not smiling. I'm not I'm not smiling. I have to go that low or I'm going to be bundling cars together again like I did in 76. No, 15, 15 grand. You're good. 15 grand. <laughs> hey, bro, I love you. Hey, take your meds and I hope you don't you get sleep tonight or something. You know, if you take a whole pill, you might sleep through the night. No, if I take the whole pill, I can't think straight and I get a headache and my stomach's grumbling and... I think that the Nazis are outside and I just, it's not good. So I think you can also, you could probably do that thing that you haven't done in maybe uh, 20 years. Just go get, go get you a shot. One shot of liquor, bro. Knocked out. That's not overindulgence. Trust me. They had wine in the Bible. You can have a shot of rum. You can have a shot of rum. I'll tell Kendra you suggested that. See if All I can right. get a prescription. Uh, I, I, they have it. I'm sure there's one up the street somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. I love you. Love we'll you talk too, to man. you next time. All right. Out.